This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Now, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat Postgame Podcast. Tim Fitzgerald in the Cats and Dogs studio here in Manhattan, Kansas, and Cole Carmody in a hotel in Orlando. Sounds like a great start to a novel. He was in a hotel in Orlando wearing mouse ears. Cole, quite a quite a game last night. Um, I'm sorry the media didn't get a shot at the edible mascot. I'm greatly disappointed in that. Some of uh, us did, though. Ooh. Some of us did, including one of our very own had a chance to take a bite out of the mascot. I'm not going to name names, but it wasn't me. He did work for Go Power Cat, and he was down here, but it wasn't me. He had a chance to grab a piece of the edible mascot. And he chose not to. Somehow that doesn't surprise me, but my disappointment in Zach Carlson is immeasurable right now. Cats win 28-19. As I said on my daily delivery this morning, I was just whelmed. I wasn't overwhelmed by this team or underwhelmed. I was just whelmed. I thought it was a solid, good performance. They beat a ranked team in a bowl game. I wasn't overwhelmed by anything I saw, but boy, they got it done. When they needed a defensive stop, they got it. And when they needed to run out the clock or get another touchdown, they did it. Wasn't beautiful, but winning is beautiful. So maybe it was. Here's where I'm at. And everybody is going to talk about Avery Johnson and Connor Riley, and rightfully so. But I want to talk about the defense a little bit because that, I think, is kind of an underrated underrated storyline of this game. I think everybody kind of assumed that, oh, the offense would be fine. They would pick up right where they were. Everybody was looking forward to seeing Avery Johnson. He's this dynamic playmaker. And we're going to have plenty of time to talk about that. But people forgot that the defense probably lost more. I mean, yes, the the offense lost Will Howard and Treshawn Ward. Huge, huge loss. The same thing you can say Benson and Phillip Brooks. But those guys, I think, production-wise, were fairly replaceable. And I think you saw that, especially at the pass-catching position. You lost those guys, but it didn't really have a major impact in the game. There was no one spot where you're like, well, if Phillip Brooks was here, this would have happened. Or if Ben Sennett was here, this would have happened. Save maybe the the drop tight end screen pass from Garrett Oakley. I think Ben Sennett probably catches that. Other than that, there was really no glaring, wow, they're missing this guy. Um, but on the defensive side, 
that same can't be said for Kobe Savage simply right. because he was very irreplaceable throughout the season. He was the most steady and dominant force back there. You know, take away his play. He's a leader. He was a communicator. And so I think that's where this team was going to miss. If anybody had entered the transfer portal that they're going to miss, it was going to be him. And it was because of that reason. And I, I was blown away, Fitz, by VJ Payne and Colby McAllister. I mean, especially VJ Payne. He played the best game yeah. of his career. He could have won MVP of that game. I mean, that play he had on the two-point conversion, it saved the game for K-State. I mean, very easily, if NC State converts that, it's a tie game. I don't think folks realize they were going to tie the game. And you can sit here and say, should they have chased points? Should they have not have chased points? I was actually of the belief that I thought going for two at that time maybe wasn't the greatest decision um, just because they had been moving the ball on K-State. But they decided to, and V.J. Payne said, no, not today. And he laid the wood on Brennan Armstrong with that hit, completely flipped the momentum of that game. And he was finished as the leading tackler. He had 10 tackles, including um, that uh, just amazing uh, sack of Brennan Armstrong. Yeah, they, you know, they chased the points. I would have gone for it there uh, mathematically. I, You know, I'm not into the analytics. I, I don't know them on those situations. But it ended up haunting them. I mean, once K-State scored another touchdown, it became it a two-score game. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was indeed over. Uh, he just – I've watched that hit about a dozen times now. Yeah. He – how he hit him that hard, that high, without targeting, and depleted him, <clears throat> it was absolutely incredible. Uh, I think he probably went to the sidelines, and they asked him if he was okay, and he said, yeah. They asked him what his name was, and he said, Brendan Armstrong, because he got caught. He just, it was, it set a tone, too. Because at that point, NC State was gaining the momentum, had the momentum, and that, that play, not just holding him out, but the violence of that play kind of said, you know what? No, we're, we're not going to let you tie the game. And then K-State kind of took control of it with Avery Johnson. And speaking of Avery Johnson, give me your overall grade on him. <laughs> I, I I talked a little bit about it in the video that went up after the game, Cole's commentary, which if you haven't watched it yet, go check it out. Um, I went a little long, Fitz. I was a little over five minutes. I know we You're had to fine. keep those. It was good. You know I was I was trying to wrap my head around what I had just saw from Avery Johnson. And there were plays that and, and I'm not gonna compare him to Will Howard. I, I don't think that's fair because this is a completely different team with Avery Johnson at quarterback than at Will Howard at quarterback. I'm not saying that they're better, not saying that they're worse. They're just a completely different team. You don't call the same plays for Avery Johnson that you do for Will Howard. I mean, you just don't. Nope. And you can't blitz Avery Johnson. If there's one thing that I took away from that game is that we are going to see a lot of zone coverage against Avery Johnson. We are going to see a lot of straight-up three-man, four-man rush against Avery Johnson because you can't blitz him. And there's another quarterback who a lot of K-State fans watch on a consistent basis who you know that you don't blitz the guy because he finds a way to make a play, and that's Patrick Mahomes. And I'm not going to sit here and compare Avery Johnson to Patrick Mahomes. But the tendencies that he showed last night, it's impossible to watch what he did and not think about number 15 who plays on Sunday and wears red simply because his ability to scramble out of the pocket to always keep his eyes downfield fits. That is what is so impressive. This is an 18 year old kid who think back to Skylar Thompson for a minute. There were times when Skylar Thompson was that quarterback. When he left the pocket, he was running no matter what. It didn't matter if there was a guy 25 yards open with nobody around him. He was going to run because he didn't look mm-hmm. well. Avery Johnson knows I'm going to look downfield but if nobody's open, then I'm going to run. But I also know I'm not going to take a hit. So if I need to throw the ball away, I can throw the ball away. 
the ability to do that at this level as a freshman, having played this being his first full game against the number 19 team in the country, a top 20 defense nationally, which people forget. I, that's why I was so excited. The numbers don't blow you away. He finished, nope. um, what is it, 17 and 31. Well, I got the stats pulled up right here in front of me. Um, so it, it wasn't anything, sorry, 14 and 31, 178 right. yards, two touchdowns. Nothing crazy. He, the, the percentage of, you know, the passing percentage is actually probably not that good, but it was the little things that I saw in that game combined with the fact he didn't turn the ball over. He didn't take any massive hits. He ran the offense efficiently. It was a C game from Avery Johnson, but the intangibles are there and his C game is a lot better than a lot of other quarterbacks. Yeah. Games. I'm, I'm uh, yeah. If you're judging on what his potential is, I would agree with the C as an overall quarterback performance, probably a, a B maybe mm-hmm. B minus, but uh, let's point a couple things out here that became very apparent as the game went on. They were very cautious with the quarterback run game. He was, you know, the, yeah, they had a backup quarterback, but Jacob Knuth probably wasn't that prepared to play. He's been the scout quarterback all season long. Right. How much he actually knew of the K-State offense is a curious question for Chris Kleiman and Connor Riley at a later date. So they wanted to protect him. They wanted to keep him safe and out of trouble. Uh, And the offensive line certainly did that in passing situations, but they didn't want him just tucking the ball and taking off all the time. But this kid's patient with knowing um, the importance of the down. Okay, it's second down. I'm just going to throw this one away and live for third down. Or it's third down. We're not in good field position. There's plenty of time in this game. Let's Let's just throw this one away, punt, and start again. Right. He made the right decision virtually every time on when and where to throw the ball. And his receivers didn't do him any help, any you know favors. You mentioned Oakley's drop. There were some other drops in there in this game that, honestly, these, the guys need to make those plays. And um, I also think one of the things I didn't see from the receivers that we've seen Mahomes struggle with this year, as you make that comparison, but has always been good to him in the past, is receivers coming to him. Yeah, when he rolls out, and the play's breaking down, the receivers all make themselves available. Now it's been a breakdown on the Chiefs. As a Chiefs fan, I've watched that happen, and it's something these guys are going to have to learn. When you got Avery back there, you got to keep getting open. The right. play broke down. Your route's useless. Go find space. And if you do that with it, the way this kid keeps his eyes up is absolutely amazing. That is a hard thing to do when you have all this noise around you, all these guys trying to take you out. And there's Avery Johnson just kind of coolly rolling away from, you know, a 290-pound defensive tackle. It, Cole, it was impressive at times. That Yes, the passing percentage wasn't great. But when he chose or they chose to run him, man, that touchdown run, that, that just is a little glimpse of what he can do. He, he just took the ball. Had a great pump fake that was totally useless. He wasn't passing the ball where he pump faked it from. The, the guy just flinched enough. It broke him his broke him down just enough where Avery dumped him on his ass and he ran right by him. I I watch some of these things Avery Johnson does on the field. I listen to Avery Johnson in press conferences and when we talk to him, how is this kid a true freshman? I I just his maturity, both as a person and as a quarterback, is astonishing. 
Fitz, he he is wise beyond his years. And on that particular run you mentioned, I'm sitting up there in the press box, and I'm actually not around any K-State media. I'm not around anybody who covers K-State on a consistent basis. I was actually next to NC State people. Hmm. And I had a good conversation with some of the people who cover NC State. This is a program that's a lot like K-State, and they are trying to get over the hump. Dave Doran, people forget, he's been there for 10 years now. And they have yet to win 10 games. They've lost four straight bowl games. Anytime they go up against any kind of good competition, this seems to happen. Mm -hmm. But they felt like they would win this game. There was a lot of confidence in that fan base. There was a lot of confidence in that locker room that NC State was going to win this game, and they were going to use this in springboard and in the next year. Well, you can kind of tell that that bleeds over into the people that cover the team as well. On that particular play, um, the guy sitting next to me, Avery gets out. I believe that might have been a third down, or maybe it was a second down. It was a third down, yeah. And so that was a big play. And he said, oh, they're going to get him. Nope, he's right there. There's no way he gets out of this. And I just turned to him as the play's going, and I go, no, that's going to be a touchdown. And sure enough, makes a guy miss, makes another guy miss, and gets in the end zone for six. It's like, this kid is different. And Dave Doran was asked a question by Mitch Fortner from K-Man in the postgame. Hey, have you seen a quarterback, a true freshman quarterback like Avery Johnson before? And honestly, Dave Doran was a little standoffish. He was kind of a, a jack wagon. And he said, yeah, I have, actually. I have. And, I, and I, I'm sitting there, and I want to go, Dave, no, just because you lost, that doesn't mean you have to discount what the guy did. Now, in fairness, he did back it up, and the quarterbacks he compared him to, Vince Young and Lamar Jackson. Wow. Two Heisman Trophy winners. Okay, I'll buy that. So, maybe he walked it back a little bit. But I think that's the potential that Avery Johnson has. And that one particular play fits. That looked like Lamar. Like, that's mm-hmm. what that looked like. And it looked like college Lamar where nobody could tackle him. And is he going to have to get bigger? Is he going to have to get stronger? Sure, he is, 100%. He's not perfect by any means. But his attitude lends itself to that. You pair him with a good offense coordinator. You pair him with a good quarterbacks coach. And this kid is going to grow exponentially and I think be the best quarterback in the Big 12 and a top five quarterback in the country um, at this time next season. He has that kind of potential. And you saw it. You saw it. Everyone and their mother saw it. Uh, on, on Thursday night at the Pop-Tarts Bowl. It was it, everything he did. You could just see this is different. What he is doing right now is not easy, and it is just different. I know you voted for Avery as player of the game. I I know he you know, probably deserved it. You picked him as player of the game also in your top 10 performers. DJ Giddens, 28 carries, 152 yards. I might have voted for him, Cole. It could have been. It was either going to be him or Avery, and um, he was a workhorse. Yeah, he I mean, was that amazing. kid. He was he was not going to go down. And from the first snap, um, he it was impressive. I mean, eight point eight yards per carry in the first half. He finishes five point four. NC State kind of figured him out a little bit in the third quarter, but they figured out K State in the third quarter. But when they needed to make an adjustment, when they needed it, when the tough. Uh, when it got when the tough got you know what they say what is the saying um, when the tough gets going the going when the gets going tough. gets when the Sorry, going gets it. tough the tough, the tough gets, gets going yeah I love it when you screw up sayings it's Thank kind you. of your signature I it love is it. right it, well DJ got going and yeah um, he did man he was I mean it, you want to go back to that first touchdown play too Fitz I mean we had to talk about that um, Avery Johnson saw the blitz coming checked to it checked to the play. And DJ knew exactly what to do. He saw the blitzer. He saw, okay, there's nobody covering. So we just released. Avery hit him immediately. Um, touchdown. That 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 is a sophomore and a freshman figuring it out. They repped it a few times in practice. Hadn't run the single play. Hadn't run that play all year. 
but Avery Johnson checked to it, told DJ they executed it perfectly on fourth down. Um, those two guys in the backfield together are something else. Well, and and you also have this Cole that it, it struck me that uh, he checked to that play. He recognized the defense. He checked to it um, and got him in the exact right play, and then executed it perfectly. But he ends the game with a touchdown to Jace Brown, 11-yard touchdown pass. That was also a check. The two His two touchdown passes in this game, he checked at the line of scrimmage, read the defense, and, and made a play. And I'm going to be honest here. I think that was something that's been lacking from the offense. I think Will rolled with the play too often. Mm-hmm. Uh, he counted the box and said, we'll just run it anyhow. And it just didn't work. And and I know he's taken, you know, stuff from the sidelines too, but these were Avery checks. It was like, no, this, this is what we're going to do. Um, and if you get a quarterback that can do that, can check properly at the line of scrimmage, man, you're going to win a lot of football games. If you can cut out that whole step of looking to the sideline, they look over, um, and maybe you do that as a decoy. I'm not sure, but if you can uh, make that less part of your game, the defense is going to have more problems adjusting because you can see them reading, you know, what the changes are, and they got it wrong twice, and and they paid the price. Yeah, they did. And I, I you talk about DJ, and we have to talk about that offensive line too. I mean, yep. I'm sure we were going to get to that, but this is the perfect storm, the perfect scenario for Avery Johnson to make his debut. First of all, I understand there's no backup quarterback, so maybe you take that out of the equation. But there didn't have to be a backup quarterback. K-State could have zero other quarterbacks on the roster, and Avery would have been fine. He was not touched the entire night in the backfield. That offensive line played its best game of the season when it had to, and those guys were incredible. Cooper Beebe, I think that was a top-five game for him um, as a K-State player because he was absolutely mauling everyone. KT Loveston had an outstanding game. Christian Duffy, I thought, played a really good game. And Hayden Gillum, once again, the undersized polling center, finding a way to clear the path. I mean, that's a legacy game for those guys. And um, I, I was really happy for them, right? We do this and you get to know them personally. Yep. And um, I, I was really happy for those offensive linemen because they very easily could have said, we're not going to play in this game. You know, their quarterback, their friend, to be quite frank, Will Howard decided that he was going to move on. It could have been very easy for those guys to say, okay, this is a new chapter of K-State. They're kind of, everybody's moving on, but yeah, we're going to move on too. But they decided that they were going to stay. And a lot of that had to do with the guy who was calling plays. Yep. He stuck around, he got his opportunity, and they were going to make sure that they helped him out because Connor Riley developed them, he helped them grow as young men, and they wanted to help him grow as a coach. Kansas State wins the Pop-Tarts Bowl 28-19. to It played out pretty close to what my game prediction was, uh, but uh, just a few less points than I thought. But boy, Cole... A nice win for the Wildcats, and we're going to turn our attention to the defensive side of the football when we come back after this break, because the defense had some hit-and-miss moments, but when it counted, Jacob Parrish went through. You're listening to the Powercat post-game podcast featuring Fitz and Cole. We'll be right back. GoPowerCat.com's Powercat podcast continues after this short break. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. 
there's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to the PowerCat Podcast. Welcome back to the PowerCat Postgame Podcast. Tim Fitzgerald, Cole Carmody. I am in Manhattan. He is in Orlando. Did you guys get in some golf? We did not play golf today. We went to Disney Springs. What is that? It is like a, the way I described it was the Legends on Steroids. It is a oh. tourist destination. We didn't buy anything, but we walked around. Uh, unfortunately, I broke my own rule. Um, I don't usually eat barbecue that's not Kansas City, mm. but Zach convinced me that we had to try this place, and it was about how I expected. So <laughs> there you go. Florida barbecue. Yeah. yeah, you always think of Florida when you talk barbecue. Of course, of course. Zach's usually good with those choices. That's a bad choice. I'm surprised you didn't eat a sandwich, though. It was a mutual decision. Okay. On with the review of Kansas State's 28-19 victory over NC State in the Pop-Tarts Bowl. First of all, Cole, what brilliant marketing. They hit it out of the park. They did. That entire post-game thing with the Pop-Tart going down into the toaster and oh nice it's commemorative what flavor is it uh i'm not sure they're strawberry um they handed these out to the players they handed these out to the media if you're listening to this i'm sorry you don't get to experience it it's got the logos on it but it has the logos on it so it was uh, another part of that marketing tool that um i thought they did a really good job with as you mentioned yeah it uh when they lowered him into the toaster and he held up the little sign that dreams come true oh my god it was so funny and then the uh, the finished pop tart comes out at the end it, everything about this was so well executed by the folks mm-hmm. at kellogg's C- congratulations i am not a fan of these games but if that's how fun you can make a brand oh my gosh brand marketing there was just incredible and at times so was the k-state defense brendan armstrong did apply some pressure to them with his run game he was pretty efficient at times uh in this game in terms of tucking the ball and taking off let's see his Rushing stats here, 17 carries, 121 yards. He was their leading rusher by far. Um, it was, uh, you know, passing. He was 14 to 28 for 164 as compared to Avery, 14 to 31 for 178. Uh, it's funny. You look at the stats, they're pretty comparable, but the players weren't. Um, Armstrong had a nice run for a touchdown. Avery had a nice run for a touchdown. But Avery never really put the ball in peril. K-State had one interception to close it out, basically. Jacob Parrish gets the late interception. But there was two or three other balls that could have been intercepted. Mark, Marcus Siegel had one right in his hands and, and mm-hmm. dropped it. But um, the defense got came through. This is a, a an offense that scored enough points to win nine games this season uh, and holding them to 19, getting them an early red zone stop forcing some field goals. It was just so on brand for the K-State defense. I I was impressed with Damian Alalio. That's another player I want to give a shout-out to, um, the nose guard from Manhattan. Uh, no Uso in this game. He did not practice. He hasn't practiced since the KU game, but he did say he's coming back next year. That leaves some spots at nose guard, um, maybe some question marks there. But Damian Alalio really 
said, hey, you know what? I, I'm going to be in that conversation too. That that was that fourth down stop was all because of him. Fitz, yeah. he, he shred through there and made the tackle. Um, K-State played a lot of four-man front in this game. I don't know if you caught that, um, but they did, especially on third downs. They would walk Toby Osinsami up from the edge, but it wasn't just their speed rush package. There were times on first and second downs, K-State – had a four-man front. Maybe it was a little bit of an overhang. As, is that dude over there? That was, dude. Okay. Uh, that was Daphne. Oh. Oh, glad she agrees mm. with me. Um, yep. But there was a, some four-man fronts um, that K-State showcased. And if you kind of look at the recruiting trail and what they're trying to do there, yep. it makes a little bit more sense. They're kind of moving towards being not just 3-3-5, but maybe of a multiple uh, defensive fronts. And um, I thought it worked out perfectly. I think it surprised NC State a little bit. They're running backs, man. They could do absolutely nothing. Brennan Armstrong was the only capable offensive skill player for NC State. It was a two-man show. Casey Concepcion and Brennan Armstrong. And other than that, NC State had no one. I mean, I was surprised um, that K-State was able to shut Concepcion down. I know he ended up with 70 yards receiving, but one of those plays came on a uh, deep pass of 40 yards where Jacob Parrish kind of fell down and uh, as, he, as he another pick. That could have been an interception. Yep. He kind of falls down and Concepcion comes down with it. But, I mean, yeah, this defense, when they needed to make stops. And keep in mind, they held NC State to three field goal tries. One of them uh, they missed. And so those three those three stops were also huge, along with the fourth down stop in the red zone. Yeah, I mean, K-State cashed in all four of their opportunities to score. They, they just did. And NC State had more opportunities to score and scored less points. And that, that comes down to the defense getting it done when they needed to be um, and they were, man, they were taped together on the back end. They just, uh, they've run out of linebackers, you know, they just had to play what they had and they had some young safeties running around. And, um, I, I thought they got out of that pretty good that boy, that third quarter, I don't know about you in the press box, but I think all of us were like, uh Oh, mm-hmm. they made some great halftime adjustments in NC state. Can K state readjust and by God, Joe Klanderman and the crew got it fixed and, and got it settled down. Ten players that started in that game on the defensive side of the football are all returning next year. Wow. wow. Think about that. Khalid Duke's the only one who's expected not to come back. He hasn't actually said he's going to go to the draft. He hasn't said if he's going to come back or not. Um, I, I'm not ready to actually say that he's not going to come back because if he hasn't said he's going to the NFL draft by now, there might still be some decisions to come with Khalid Duke. He maybe didn't have the season he wanted to have this year. But I pointed this out on the the – Fitzcast, um, that I don't expect much more to happen with guys making decisions to come back or transfer portal guys coming in until after the portal closes. Mm-hmm. And that way, hey, we're bringing in a receiver. Your receivers don't hit the portal. Um, and I think that's what's going on now. It's going to be kind of a quiet time. I know this Chris Kleiman's taking some time off, just brief little time off, not anything extended. Because it's been an amazing grind from the season you know, you get to the end of the season, you think, oh, let's take a breath. Not for these coaches. They just go right into recruiting and the transfer portal and preparation. Oh, yeah, your offensive coordinator took another job. You got award ceremonies. <clears throat> it's just a constant motion until that game's over. Um, and uh, it's going to take a little – going to sit up by beach, I think, for a while. But he's still got a lot to do here. He's got to decide if Connor Riley is his offensive coordinator, who is going to coach the quarterbacks. Will that individual be a co-coordinator with Connor Riley? Um, I look at this point. I I know Connor Riley is going to have offensive coordinator in his title. Whether it's full on all by himself or a co is the question. 
I continue to question whether he wants to be up in the press box and, and away from his troops uh, as an offensive line coach. And and I think you know we might have co-coordinator things where the quarterback coach is up in the press box. But give me your overall evaluation of what Connor Riley did. I'll be really honest. I wasn't blown away. But, you know, hearing some of the limitations with taking Avery out of the quarterback run game a little bit, I understand. Uh, and you know what? I just don't think receivers were available. Again, you can't. You can't call successful pass plays if your receivers aren't getting consistently open. It's a problem that's been lingering with this program for many years. It's got to get solved with this this class, and they've already missed out on some transfer portal guys. Is Connor Riley the right guy? Yeah, um, that's a good question. I, I think that the first two quarters looked like the answer was a resounding yes. Um, I think after that, there were maybe some more questions that started to emerge as to what's going wrong in the second half, right? Um, to be completely honest, I would be totally on board if Kansas State named Connor Riley the offensive coordinator. I, I know that that's maybe not a very popular take, but the way he develops offensive linemen, I would be very intrigued to see if that trend can continue for some of the other players on the offensive side of the football. Um, so I know that the offensive line is his specialty, and I get that. But what he's been able to do with that group kind of should give you confidence that well if he's able to develop these guys maybe he can develop the rest of the offense i think that as far as the game goes again you're right fitz when jace brown keegan johnson Jaden jackson those are your top three receivers um there needs to be some reshuffling there i think jace brown can be a really solid receiver i'm not That's ready cool. to say he can be a number one receiver but he could be a number one target um they opted to play him on the outside and play seth porter in the slot I know there was some fans that maybe were a little bit frustrated with that, but I think Seth Porter earned that opportunity to showcase that in his final game. And I'll be completely honest. um, I had talked to several scouts. There was a few scouts there from the CFL and Seth Porter was one guy that they were circling on their radar as we want to see what this guy can do um, because they think he might be a fit for their game. So I don't know if that had anything to do with that, but I do know that, uh, Seth Porter did make a big play when need be. There was a third down conversion. He had a catch for 15 yards and a first down. That was a big play that K-State needed. Um, very well could see Trey Spivey on the outside next next season, along with um, Keegan Johnson and, and Jace Brown in the slot. Those three receivers, I think, are guys that will be backbone um, guys for this offense. But if they go get another receiver from the portal, I think you feel really confident about four receivers and potentially the return of Jane Jackson as well guys that will be able to make plays for him along with Garrett Oakley. So I think the playmaker and the offensive skill position side of things is actually trending in the right direction. The question is, do you want Connor Riley to be there with them? Um, Sure. You can say the third quarter was not good, but go back and watch the fourth quarter. Go back and watch those 16 plays uh, on that seven minute drive. They called plays specifically designed with an end goal of mind. We are going to run the ball down their throat when they are expecting run. We're going to run a play action pass for a touchdown. I, I think there's some things there. Does he call plays like an offensive line coach? I hate that narrative, to be completely honest, because I think the best play caller of all time, and Andy Reid, he's an offensive line guy. Um, I think offensive line guys get a bad rap, you know, being a former offensive lineman. But um, I, I do. I think Connor Riley can take this job with anything. It's There's a learning curve there. People want to compare him to Colin Klein. But people also forget that was a 6-6 six and six LSU team yeah. with literally third stringers. And also – a fifth-year, sixth-year quarterback 
a Deuce, a guy in Deuce Vaughn who was pretty dang good, and some other very veteran receivers. So you cannot compare those two circumstances um, to what Connor Riley walked into with freshmen and what Colin Klein walked into with fifth and sixth year seniors. I agree. I uh, I want to point out Seth Porter also had a punt return for a touchdown. He did. Called back for an absolute trash call. What was the reaction like on the Fitzcast, by the way? Well, I, I need to go back and look. The, they didn't put up the flag symbol. The flag never – we never saw the flag get thrown. It must have been really late. It and, was. Every time they showed the replay, there's no flag anywhere in that frame. And, I mean, Seth's celebrating the end zone. Then they put up the little yellow flag thing on the monitor. and like, really? How late was that? <clears throat> it reminded me – um, boy, I, it's my way back machine. Two thousand and one out of two thousand. I'm not sure Kansas State opened the season in, in uh, Arrowhead against Iowa, and David Allen was a you know on the verge of you know maybe breaking the career punt return record, and they called back a punt return for a mystery holding call that nobody ever could find. And there was no holding. They just the Iowa coach has been in and is in the refs here and they just threw a flag and called it back. And it was just atrocious. And he ended up not breaking that record. So um, I'm a little sensitive to that. And then there was a, another mystery call on that same drive that called back a touchdown. The thing about that, they had two touchdowns on that possession called back and they still went down and scored a damn touchdown. Right. right. I, I think that sums up this game for K-State. Yeah. That's what this team was about in this yeah. contest. They were in the offensive lineman even said it. Um, we talked to Hayden Gillum after the game, and he said, you know, after that punt return got called back, we had a little conversation on the sidelines, and he said, we're going to go score a touchdown. That's how we're going to go out. We're going to control how we go out. We're going to do this. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. We're going to do it, and they did. And a lot of that was due to the offensive lineman, but, again, a lot of that was due to number two because the plays he was able to do improvisationally were um, amazing. They're different. They're just different. Yep. Cooper Beebe, man, um, you know, I, I was going back and watching the game again. Uh, I got news for you. Hosting the Fitzcast while trying to have a discussion and watch the game isn't a good way to watch the game. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> particularly when I had really bad computer issues in the second half, my computer decided to start to shut down. And if my computer shuts down, the, the, the whole podcast shuts down. So it was kind of a tenuous, tense moment there. But um, one of the things... Andre Ware got right in this game, um, and I totally forgot where I was going. I, t- I Cole, I did Beebe. it again. What? Cooper Beebe. Cooper oh, was that uh, Cooper Beebe did it the right way. He came back. He played to the end of his career. He didn't fear that injury. He went out and played one more game with his brothers. And you know, Andre Ware's a you know he was he's young to me, but he's an older guy, and he's got that old football mentality. You play every game you can play. You don't skip games. You don't quit on your team. He got on the NC State quarterback who played his four games and said, I'm going into the portal. Yeah. How NC State overcame that is impressive. Yeah. Uh, because that's a real jack wagon move. Cooper Beebe was there. So were those other linemen. Um, I, I was impressed. And, boy, Cooper Beebe played well. His last block in college was a pancake. Just beautiful. It sums it up, doesn't it? Yep. I mean, it, it, he is he's special. And I, I did have a chance to watch Nick Lecky on the Fitz cast a little bit, and I think you guys brought this up. But he's exactly right. Like, if I, if I, if I was in that situation, there's no way I'm not playing in this game, mm-hmm. especially when you're as dominant as Cooper Beebe is. 
you're better than everybody. This is going to be the last time in your life that you're better than every single person on the field. You've got to take advantage of that. Yep. And and he did. And then I don't know if you saw it, Fitz, but he walks in the post game with no shoes on, with no shoes on, no shoes on, and answers questions about how much he loves K State. If, that, if there was anything that sums up who Cooper BB is, it's the fact that his very last media availability at K State. He came in like that, just absolutely a man's man and a guy who was going to play in the NFL for a very long time. Well, that sums it up. K-State wins that first ever Pop-Tarts Bowl. Hope it lives on um, for a long, long time. It, it was fabulous. And watching it on TV was fabulous. I'm sure being there was cool. Um, again, salute to the Kellogg's people who pulled that off. Uh, more bowls need to be exactly like that. Have some fun. Uh, and you guys rocked it down there in Orlando all week. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. It was fun. Um, to celebrate one more time, I also have some more Pop-Tarts that I am going to take a bite of. Not live on the podcast like no, you did on the Daily Delivery, but when we get done recording, I'm going to have myself a chocolate chip. Pop. Well, I'm going to finish up this podcast so that I can do some radio and Cole can have some Pop-Tarts. K-State wins the Pop-Tarts Bowl. Uh, over NC State. Great season, great game, nice finish, and a nice start to 2024. And we got so much to discuss during the offseason. I'm Fitz, he's Cole, and we appreciate you listening. Thank you for listening to the PowerCat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.